Armstrong and Joe Getty. And now, here's Armstrong and Getty. Live from Studio C. C. Senor. It is a dimly lit room deep up in the bowels of the Armstrong and Getty Communications Compound. And hey, everybody! Today we're under the tutelage of our general manager, Maxine Waters. And why? Who is that? And why are they our general manager? Congress numbskull from California who's been inciting rioting, going around the country saying if they don't get the verdict they want in the Chauvin trial. They need to get more confrontational, the rioters. Okay, great. Moments later, some uh, Minnesota troopers were shot at. Cities are bracing all across the country as the closing arguments begin in the Derek Chauvin murder trial. I wish I was in the plywood business. Appears to be excellent these days. They will likely get into the deliberating today, and who knows how long it will take them. What? I just looked up at the screen of news. NBA is down 45% on ABC since 2011, so in 10 years. Mm. TNT down 40%, ESPN off 20%. I suppose uh, some would say it's got to do with the number of young people watching on like their phones and other devices. Streaming, etc. Yeah. Unplugging, YouTube TVing, etc. Yeah. The world's changing, Joe. I don't know if you're aware of this. Wow, that's a good point. So, um, <laughs> but I, I wish I knew, and apparently this is unknowable or certainly unprintable. Is half the loss the sure. unplugging thing, nobody, the alternate uh, means of, of taking it in, or a third, or what? Does if, somebody know? If nobody any knows. of these sports franchises were to go up for sale, there would be an instant bidding war to buy them. I don't think that the the, the business model of sports is any is in any trouble. No, we're just curious yeah. about the, the media reality. Yeah, absolutely. absolutely. So, because we're in the media, and we have the same situation in the in the world of radio in terms of trying to figure out how many people are listening to what, because um, now you can listen to us right, right now as I'm speaking live on a radio station. You can listen to it streaming online live. You can listen to it in a podcast form. Uh, in a whole bunch of different places, and trying to figure all that out is difficult. I've been trying to get like a transcription business going on the side of the show, but it's I like yeah, that. really not For a lot people, of traction. Early. People who want to read the show, yeah, 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 that's out of the box, Sean. Out of the box thinking. The box being good ideas. It comes out to, of it. It comes to you in the mail. So. Uh, we transcribe it. takes a couple of days for that, and then we put it yeah, in the I'm mail. I'm not paying for same day. I'm not that, I no. don't have that sort of funding yet. So, right. like, for instance, this Monday show, and you'd get next Wednesday. Right. Single-sided, folded. <laughs> and, and you'd hear us say the closing arguments and the deliberating are today in the Derek Chauvin trial, which could be a big deal. And cities are, honest to God, not just locally there in Minneapolis, but all across the country. They're putting plywood on windows and getting prepared for a rioting, which might happen regardless of the verdict. At the cost of many, many hundreds of billions of dollars, perhaps uh, hundreds of millions, perhaps billions, yeah. 90% of America calling out for order and law and, and reasonableness, but uh, all it takes is that inflamed mob running wild. I don't want to start with uh, the, the negativity uh, first thing on the Too show late. today. So I'll save my complaints about the Sunday talk shows till later, but they were, they were depressing. You know? I assume they were biased and idiotic. And stoking a race war. Yes. Everybody plays with this like it's a game you can play, 
and have complete control of, and it won't go off the rails. Exactly. They think they can whip up the whirlwind, then, as the old saying goes, reap it. The whirlwind will reap you, friends. It's so dangerous. Um, I feel like I've been hit by a bus I, between manual labor that I did over the weekend with the gorgeous weather and wrestling with my kids. And the, So uh, somebody in our neighborhood has a trampoline up and running. It, it certainly mm. isn't me because my, homeowner, my <sighs> homeowner's insurance doesn't allow a trampoline, so we don't have one. But someone near us must have one because we all walk over there. and Maniac. Use theirs. But, man, did a lot of trampolining. A lot of wrestling. Kids are super into wrestling now, and I'm so sore. They're big enough now that they can, uh, uh, especially when I'm doing both of them at the same time. It's, uh, <laughs> they can make an elbow bend the wrong way. Oh, yeah. Sort of thing, yeah. Man, I, I remember the trampoline that we didn't have because our homeowners wouldn't have it either. Um, and Oh, that was one of the greatest purchases I never made. <laughs> I mean, the, the days, the hours, the kids and I spent jumping and inventing games and just having a great time together in, in theory, it's all, you know, it's fiction, but, uh, yeah, it's great. It's well worth the, uh, the money you should not spend because you don't have one. With the wrestling, one of Henry's go-to moves is to try to break your finger. Oh my God. No, there's a minute. No, small digit manipulation is barred in almost all sanctioned wrestling <laughs> matches. That is not, a th- I'm going to use that term, small digit manipulation. <laughs> No, there's no uh, small, you know, fish hooks, eye gouges. No, yeah. no, no. Yeah. Well, that's like out of 1970s pro wrestling. There's, yeah. Does he ever throw salt in your eyes? <laughs> he fights dirty, and it does make it difficult for Sam and I. Hit you with the pocket, Sam. <laughs> Dinner table chair right over the back. <laughs> oh, there was uh, tears at one point. This is inevitable when they're doing the wrestling. One of them gets... Hurt somehow. And oh, I thought you were talking about you. No, it wasn't me. I did cry uncle a couple of times, though. It's all about crying uncle. And uh, <laughs> I think he, your son's probably take after me. I remember my dad saying on more than one occasion as he tried to end it, and yeah. I wouldn't. Joe, you never know when to stop. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Which is, it could be the title of my autobiography. <laughs> I don't know. Still, it's a work in progress. I'm at 1,500 pages, and I'm just Harry J. <laughs> So. You're eight years old, and you're you're like that. Uh, I never, I don't know how to pronounce his game. That Norwegian name, that Norwegian dude that wrote Mein Kampf, My Life, um, right? Uh, and it's one of the best selling books in the history of the world. And like his, his autobiography is basically that. It's wow. thousands of pages. And why do people buy it? And Just he, to prove that they're a certain sort of person to have it or what? Who would read that? It's supposed to be the greatest writing of the inner workings of the human mind or something. Uh, or maybe I'll get around to it. I don't know. <laughs> He's on Charlie Rose all the time back in the day. Huh. And now we've got uh, 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 the fifth version of where you're, you know, 14 years old now and a thousand pages on that. Tell us about it. You know, that's like the fifth, uh, f- fifth volume. Yeah. So how many volume. pages total? Oh, it's a it's a lot. It's a wow. lot. Wow. I've never read a word mm. of it. But anyway, um, it's teamwork that makes the dream work. And that's why we introduce everybody in the squad. Start there with our board operator, Michelangelo, pressing toggles, flipping buttons. Uh, how are you this morning, Michael? <laughs> uh, doing great. This afternoon, I'm going to try and get the wife to become a video gamer. We're going to sit down, and i got a second controller. We're gonna, I'm going to teach her video games, and uh got some sports games, and I'm going to see if this will work or not. I tried this years ago with my dad, and it went very poorly. <laughs> he couldn't figure out how to pass, how to shoot. You know, it was just, Dad, hit Y, hit X. No, yeah. I'm doing it, I'm doing it. I, no, you're not, Dad. And just it ended up with a thrown controller, and that was it. 
<sighs> Sports games are a tough on-ramp for uh, for non-gamers to jump right what, what's, into. What's the best place to start? Um, uh, probably something that's targeted for slightly younger people. Uh, there's a game called Fall Guys that would probably be a lot of fun to to play together and kind of compete and just be silly as opposed to the because uh, sports games are very comp- they're complex and you you have to kind of have an understanding of the game to to just even know the mm-hmm. rhythms of the game. Well, that and makes stuff. sense. Yeah. yeah. Okay, I'll yeah. look for Fall Guys. And- yeah, yeah. Check that out. I can. I'll talk to you some more off the air if you mm-hmm. want some other okay. suggestions too. My kids would be thrilled if I would play video games with them more, and I just I'm bad at it. I have no interest in it. My interest mm-hmm. in it is I want to do something with them that they enjoy, but I just it's just not my world. Immediately frustrating and uh, angering. <laughs> Why? Just, uh, Michael, be mentally prepared for the moment she throws the controller on the couch and says, this is stupid. <laughs> Just rehearse what you're going to say. Have it ready. I'm ready. Be sympathetic. Say, you're right, it is stupid. I'll see you in a, a couple hours. It's very frustrating, sweetheart. <laughs> I know, I know. I'll only play for a couple more hours, then I'll be done. It There's... was frustrating for me, too, when I started, but you have to have enough character to persevere. <laughs> no, let me th- let me rewrite that. Let me think. <laughs> uh, there's Positive Sean, whose smile lights, lights up the world. How are you there, Sean? Doing, uh, doing quite well. I uh, saw a new movie this weekend. Uh, nobody. This is the Bob Odenkirk mm. is a is a tough guy, kind of in the. Uh, it's shot by the, the the same director who did John Wick, so it has a lot of similar vibes to that. Um, but I loved it. it it's a uh, it's similar to Kong vs Godzilla, right? This isn't a, a great thing, but I loved it. It was fun. It's, it's similar a, it's, to Kong versus Godzilla. Just in the just, fewer monsters. Just in the terms of the the level of enjoyment. Like I loved every minute of it. I don't expect this to get any sort of critical acclaim or anything like that. But it is a fun shoot 'em up, beat 'em up sort of you know revenge style movie. It's it's great. Yeah, I Craig, the uh, healthcare guru is is on me. Ride me. Tell me I gotta watch this. That's interesting. I was expecting it to be deeper. Actually, no, nah, it's pretty surface level. It's okay. pretty. Uh, hey, guess what? Bob Odenkirk's fighting and they kind of, mm. you know, just do that a bunch. Um, I'm Jack Armstrong. He's Joe Getty on this Monday, April 19th, the year 2021. We're Armstrong and Getty and we approve this program. Let's begin now officially, according to FCC rules, regulations. Here we go. Inciting the mob of reasonable Americans at Mark. Professional this event is by uh, them having me here. What was that? That was Pete Davidson at the Jake Paul versus Ben Askren fight. He was the locker room correspondent, uh, saying that you know it's it's you can tell it's a low budget thing because they got me to work it. I have vague familiarity with one of those names you gave. That's a well, uh, Pete Davidson from SNL. Jake Paul is he like a YouTube guy? Yes, that's how he became known. Yeah, and he knocked out a UFC dude over the weekend. A, a former UFC guy in a boxing match. Um, yeah, yeah, much was, much to that guy's. Uh... Embarrassment. Yeah, his oh bank account is pretty grateful for it. Got a half million dollars for it. Wow. Ooh, the guy who got knocked out? Yeah, would I let somebody knock me out at this point for $500,000? Oh, that hurt like, to get like, Would you let out, a YouTube out? influencer knock you out? Oh, I don't care oh. about that. Okay. I don't care about that. Now, how's he knocking me out? Hit me in the head? Yeah. Right in the Punch, face? Punching you until you go unconscious. Oh, I know. No, 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 no. Doesn't no. sound good. No. No. Um, how does mailbag look today? Oh, it's it's very good. It's uh, sincere is the word I would choose. This is not a minor national story. The fact that the Derek Chauvin trial is going to go to the jury today. No, you remember last summer? Yeah. Woof. So uh, depending on how that goes. And then, then there are a couple other shootings and a lot of politicians saying a lot of things, a lot of journalists saying a lot of things that aren't 
exactly true. It's a rather measured way to describe it. Yeah. <laughs> I would say a lot of politicians saying unforgivable borderline criminal things for which they should be condemned from the highest towers in the nation. Yeah, which could lead to uh, dollar costs and and human costs in your town, wherever you live in America. So we've got all Guaranteed. that on the way. Stay with us. Text line 415-295-KFTC. The Armstrong and Getty Show. Half of U.S. adults have had at least one vaccine dose. Half. This thing is over. It's just, you know, it's all over but the whimpering. Yeah, is it? Is it? Yes. Or Um, is it? It is. So we'll check in on the COVID situation. We'll check in on the, the media wants a race war. Politicians seem to want a race war, so we'll check in on that. Uh, check on on, on the, in on the economy. You combine the the race war with the uh, desire to maintain the level of COVID terror to get clicks and tune ins and the rest of it, and we're just really being ill served by our our information industry in this country, if you ask me. So since it came up, uh, the guy's name is Carl Ove Nasgard. I'm sure I'm not pronouncing it right. He's Norwegian. He wrote a book called Mein Kampf. Mind struggle, and it's just his life. Was he aware of the, uh, you know, the other one with that title? He's very aware. He spends 400 pages explaining why he did that. I mean, it's like me uh, releasing an album called Abbey Road. I mean, it's just, it's probably not a great idea. It's one of the most popular books in the history of printing. 22 languages all around the world. It's uh, six volumes. Joe, we're always joking about our autobiographies. Six volumes. How self-indulgent is that? 36 (laughs) volumes. Hundred pages total. Has anybody read it? I'd be interested if anybody's actually read it. Text line four one five two nine five KFTC. How many pages? Thirty six hundred total. Oh, okay, okay. I thought it was going to be like thirty six thousand. Yeah, but come on, at six six hundred <laughs> page books. Well, I'm not saying it's not enough. I'm just That's saying I, I was prepared for something truly, you know, monumental. Mailbag. I think it's the sort of thing that a certain crowd would have on their shelf, but never have cracked open. Yes. Yes. Our freedom-loving quotes of the day this week is a series from Oliver Wendell Holmes, Jr., the great uh, Supreme Court Justice. Uh, let's see. Here's a good one. Lawyers spend a great deal of their time shoveling smoke. <laughs> It's not really a freedom-loving quote of the day. I just, I love that expression, shoveling smoke. I'd never uh, heard that before. Uh, Is there anything? uh... You know, okay, here's one. It's kind of apropos for our time. I have no respect for the passion of equality, which seems to me merely idealizing envy. I don't disparage envy, but I don't accept it as legitimately my master. I think he would probably loathe the move toward equity, which is uh, equality of outcome. Uh, Moving along to the correspondence proper, uh, let's see. Jack's guilty pleasure from last week. Listening to the Friday show, Jack revealed his puzzling guilty pleasure of clicking on the links of celebrities doing normal things and without makeup. I'm a bit of an amateur therapist. 
My theory is that it is entirely consistent with Jack's personality, even though it seems inconsistent with his leanings. Uh, da, 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 da. Uh, contrary to his assertion, Jack does not care about celebrities. Rather, he is a firm, he has affirmative contempt for them. Hmm. Clicking on those links is an attempt to prove his own belief that they are nothing special and are not the gods uh, they represent themselves as. Uh, that makes sense, actually. He's hoping for the joy and exposing them as liars and fraud. That actually makes sense. I would say anybody announcing them as, as themselves as a, a bit of an amateur therapist is, is probably going to annoy me terribly. On the other hand, this person has not. They are a fine armchair therapist, and I salute them. Maybe with a dose of, you know, if you're a movie star or a rock star or whatever, your life would still be this. Look, they're going to the grocery store just like anybody else. You still do all those things. Right, right. They eat and they poop and they get headaches. Here you are, you're pushing yeah. your kid, trying to get their diaper changed, no matter how what kind of star you are. Exactly. Wow, we have no time for letters on communism, cancer not screened for because of COVID paranoia, wow. teacher being doxxed by the union, all sorts of crazy stuff. Good stuff to get to. Armstrong and Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. You just lost yourself a customer. You think I own this business? You think I own IKEA? I'm a part-time employee halfway through a two-week notice. I don't give a <laughs> So, So what is that, John? I know we're going to sprinkle those in throughout today. This is uh, somebody I found on TikTok. He's a stand-up comedian, or, or found it on Twitter. The thing was a TikTok. But he's just going through kind of hypothetical exchanges in which uh, I believe he's either had or observed in various retail establishments. And I can only call this guy employee of the month. If I'm working an establishment, this person's in, in charge of training my new hires. Let, let, let me give you one more. I'm telling all my friends not to shop here. Tell them. You think I want five other yous running around the store? Have them call me, I'll tell them. You think you hate this place more than me? I work here. <laughs> this guy is awesome. <laughs> Employee of the month. <laughs> That's a decent point in some cases. I'm going to tell my friends to shop here. Good. I don't want people like you. If there anything <laughs> like you, good. I'm sorry, I'm addicted. One more. I know the sale ended last week, but can I still get a discount? Do you hear yourself? We can't go backwards. Time marches on. You want the sale from 15 years ago, too? When's it end, Diane? You want that price? You're going to have to go through the quantum realm with Ant-Man. So my son, who is a uh, fairly cheery and charitable uh, person, he worked at the Target for, gosh, was that a year, a couple of years, something like that, in uh, suburban uh, Portland, Oregon. And his uh, cheery, generous view of humanity darkened quickly and permanently, dealing with the public <laughs> like he did. Wow, interesting. And Target's, a, you know, at least mid-scale to upscale, depending on where you Lower are. Lower mid-scale. It was actually well, a very gritty suburb of Portland. Uh, well, tough, but it's got to be better than the Walmart locally, though. He was also doing the, uh, I see no reason to impugn that fine American company like you're doing. Uh, but he, uh, he worked the, the uh, customer service desk. So if somebody was going to try to perpetrate, uh, perpetrate a scam or a, a false return or, or whatever, he had to deal with those people. Uh-huh. Yeah. It did not make him more charitable. So a couple of things as we get into the race war that a lot of the country seems to want to have. <clears throat> I don't know if you saw that. 
major book publisher, Simon & Schuster, refused to publish the book by the cop that was involved in the Breonna Taylor shooting. He had a book out called The Fight for Truth, the inside story behind the Breonna Taylor tragedy. He was one of the, he's the cop that got shot and he was involved in shooting her. You know, it was a huge story nationwide. You'd think hearing from the cop, whether you think he's right or wrong or telling the truth or lying, would be interesting enough to want to publish as a major book publisher, but they got a lot of grief from the woke world, I guess, or I don't know who Or their woke employees. Or their woke employees. Who and knows? De- and decided not to publish the book. So now some minor. Publisher's going to take it on. I think that's weird. It is very strange, and it's come on so suddenly in a culture that used to prize the free exchange of ideas and the airing of multiple points of view, which I think would be incredibly important in a story like that. Just to have it verboten that that point of view is even expressed is sick. Yeah. And, here, and, i got a theory okay. for you. If, if the infamous Duke lacrosse rape case happened today... We would never hear the truth. It would never come out that those boys were innocent. It could be because no cable news channel would want to have them on. Right? You couldn't do can't publish the book. Anybody making any contrary claim to the mainstream narrative, which these rich white boys had victimized a poor black uh, sex worker, um, any voice that dared enunciate anything against the the mainstream point of view would be immediately silenced. That's pretty frightening. It is. And then, as we uh, will be mentioning throughout the day, because this is a big deal, they're doing the closing arguments in the uh, Derek Chauvin trial there in Minneapolis, and the jury will get it, and who knows when they'll render their verdict, and there's expected to be a mayhem all across the country. The NBA has already got their plans in place to uh, suspend games based on when this comes out, assuming that there's going to be enough players and fans upset that they won't be able to play the games. So people are boarding up businesses. The NBA is getting ready to skip games in anticipation of this. And though I prize free speech, obviously, and uh, sometimes that results in idiotic things being said, that's fine. It's part of the bargain. On the other hand, when it's uh, elected representatives like Maxine Waters, D, California, and uh, before I explain what the D stands for, Uh, I want it to be known publicly that a number of my intellectual heroes happen to be people of color. I harbor zero racist feelings in my bones. I think the D stands for dumbass when it's next to Maxine Waters' name, and that is entirely based on her intellect and what she has said and has nothing to do with anything else, for the record. Why don't we go ahead and play that that tape? Uh, number 65, Sean. Yes, I would like to see the bill in Congress pass on police reform, but I know that the right wing, the racist, are opposed to it, and I don't know what's going to happen to it, but I know this, we've got to stay in the street, and we've got to, we've got to demand justice. Okay, that's not the one I asked for, but when she was asked about the Chauvin murder trial, Waters told rally attendees and reporters that if Chauvin isn't found guilty, we've got to stay on the street, and we've got to get more active, we've got to get more confrontational, we've got to make sure they know that we mean business. More confrontational than uh, we've already seen? After a summer of rioting with hundreds of millions of dollars of damage, with multiple lives lost, with cops assaulted and killed, innocent bystanders hurt, hundreds of business people's dreams burnt to the ground, 
More confrontational than that, Maxine? Great Scott. Yeah, the New York Post was calling for her uh, impeachment, uh, comparing her language to Trump's, and if Trump saying, we got to fight, we got to get in the streets and fight, was an impeachable offense because uh, mayhem uh, evolved from it, then Maxine Waters' situation is uh, the same. Of course, most people, including me, were on the side of what Trump said wasn't specifically that. No, in Impeachable fact, he... speech, and neither is hers, probably. Well, right, and he was quite specific in saying you got to keep it peaceful. National Republican Congressional Committee spokesman Mike Berg told Fox News, quote, telling rioters who have burned buildings, looted stores, and assaulted journalists to get, quote, more confrontational is incredibly irresponsible. Rep. Lauren Boebert of Colorado said, why is Maxine Waters traveling to a different state trying to incite a riot? What good can come from this? It's a good question. Andy Biggs, who's a congressman from Arizona, said, The radical left don't care if your towns are burning, if there's violence in your street, or if the police are defunded to defend these communities. As long as the left appeases their anti-American base, their job is done. Well, that's some provocative speech there. Uh, Anything else of note? I was so disappointed in the Sunday morning talk shows, your your meets the press, your faces the nation, um, where they presented these stories... With with little nuggets left out, you know, of all of them. And if you're following him, you know what they are. Uh, you know, how did the guy get into this situation? Well, he's got a warrant out for his arrest. Should he have been killed there in his seat? No. You know, that woman resigned and she's in trouble. She she meant to tase him. She shot him. That She shouldn't have done that. But just leaving out any of the other information and allowing the guests on the show to keep talking about murdering black men in the streets and the history of racism and the systemic racism that continues just and and no questioning of do you have any evidence that it was racism that led to the shooting of this 13-year-old boy for instance do you have any evidence that that's racism specifically you just stated it's racism on its face just letting the guests say that over and over and if you come into this story without these stories without following them closely obviously you would leave them thinking well it was was very racist obviously it was racist the the guests said it was racist i didn't hear anybody claim it wasn't or even argue at all that it wasn't the facts and the narrative if they have any relationship whatsoever it's just a coincidence like running into a friend at the mall I mean, the narrative does not care about the facts, and the facts rarely influence the narrative. It's really frustrating. And while everybody with two brain cells to rub together wants better policing, better trained cops, you know, make sure there's no unnecessary violence, the rest of it, we've given this speech a thousand times. Let's go ahead and say what's not being said. If you commit a crime, especially a gun crime, And then you get into a situation where you're running from or fighting the cops. That's an extremely dangerous thing to do. And if at the end of that, it goes sideways and somebody gets hurt, somebody gets shot, don't blame white supremacy. Don't blame systemic racism for that result. You've got to understand, you are rolling the dice and five times out of six... It's going to come out bad. Are we teaching our children, especially our, our, our you know, uh, kids of color, whatever? You, if you are involved in serious crimes and then get into it with the cops and things go sideways, you got to look to yourself. Well, that's uh, that. That came up in uh, the story with the 13 year old that was shot in Chicago. We haven't covered that story much. Um, a 13 year old running from the cops. Uh, looked like he had a weapon in his hand. Apparently, he threw the gun before he went to climb the fence, turned around, put his hands up, 
Cop didn't know the gun was no longer in his hand. Cop shot him. Kid's dead. This is what Jen Psaki of the White House had to say about that. Those of us who did watch that video, uh, it is uh, certainly um, chilling. Too often in this country, law enforcement uses unnecessary force, too often resulting in the death of black and brown Americans. So that's helpful. That's helpful in stoking the race war. That would lead Straight you, from the White House. That would you lead you to believe, if you're just kind of barely covering this, following this story, that, well, once again, police... You know, engaged in too much force against brown and black Americans. This is what Chicago Alderman Raymond Lopez had to say about it. Adam Toledo was only out at 2.30 in the morning because a 21-year-old, six-time arrested gang member was actively trying to recruit him. If it had not been for that gang lifestyle, Adam Toledo and that officer probably never would have met, and Adam would be alive today. We, we, we can't keep pretending that there is a systemic racist police force in every city in America. We just can't keep doing that and keep our our country together. Nope. It's got I've never seen playing with fire at this level. Now well, there's there could be an explosion in this country tonight if the verdict comes back today. Just an explosion of violence all across this country. And the uh the 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 Politicians and the media are not going to get any of the blame that they should get for stoking it. Nope. For getting the dry wood and the newspaper and everything like that and pouring kerosene on it and getting it all ready to set on fire. They're not going to get any of the blame. All the conversation will be about all our systemic racist policing. It's so frustrating. The contrast between that alderman who knows the story and knows what's going on and the spokesperson for the White House, the press secretary, is shocking. He was making the point you can't take nine steps down a road. Then when that tenth step happens, blame somebody else for the fact that you arrived there. Who's the dude, the the lawyer that's always uh, representing all these people? Benjamin Crump. Yeah, he was on ABC This Week yesterday, and they had him on there and and the host kept saying things like, and you represented Michael Brown, who was shot dead in Ferguson, Missouri, without, and was acquitted. You know, using that tone of voice that it was just horrible. It was yeah. looked at from every angle, including Barack Obama's own Justice Department. you got to mention that. You've got to mention that. You can't let your viewers be led to believe by the tone of your voice that it was a miscarriage of justice. When, right. when Barack Obama's black attorney general looked at it, when hands up, don't shoot, never happened, that's just, that should be a crime itself. It's obscene. It's, it's obscene. obscene. You're trying to bring a race war, and you might get it tonight in cities all across America. It's, it's horrifying to me. Minneapolis is a fortress. We can tell you about some of their preparations. Uh, it's it's crazy. It's crazy. God, and it's it is so aided scary. and abetted by most of the media. It's God, sick. It's bad enough that we do have racist cops that sometimes do act in racist ways. That's horrifying. But if you make it, try to make it 50-fold worse than it actually is, how does that benefit anybody? Gets you clicks. Yeah, I guess. And, and, and money sent into your campaigns or... Yeah, there are a lot of people getting rich off of this, including Benjamin Crump. So troubling. Our text line is 415-295-KFTC. Anyway, so the uh, closing arguments today, jury gets the case. Who knows when they'll come back with a verdict, but almost guaranteed mayhem and violence nationwide. Anyway, we've got to move on to uh, less miserable things. Some pretty good COVID news and some pretty good uh, reasonable perspective in case you're still fearful of the uh, Chinese bat fever. Fantastic helicopters and space news. All of that on the way. 
Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. Don't say the word. All the problems in the world, and we're landing toy drones on Mars. What is this? Huh? What are we going to put a slinky up there next? How many billion dollars will that cost? What? It was an awe-inspiring moment, Jack. Toy helicopter drones. It was the first aircraft to fly on another world, which apparently was a thing or is a thing or something. And I got a question for you. Mm -hmm. Here's, Here's my question. Today, they flew the little drone helicopter on Mars. First powered flight ever on a different sphere. Okay. So I, I got a couple of questions about this. And like Joe said, is that a thing? <laughs> number, number, number one, how did that drone get there? On, it was aboard the ship yeah. that flew right. onto that planet. Well, come on now. Wait a second. So you're going to tell me. Wait, wait. Okay. 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 So I fly to New York. Yes. I get off the plane, yes. I walk out on the runway, and I start flapping my arms and fly. No, and no, 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 say, no, 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 no. That's not a big deal. He was no. on the plane and flew there. That was an idiotic comparison, <laughs> and I demand you retract it. No, if you flew to New York on a 747, got off the plane and launched a drone and said, this is the first flight in New York, people would look at you. They'd probably put you in Bellevue, as the old humor used to go. Please. Please. And when I got the I got the article on that thing costs something like thirty million dollars, size of a tissue box. You can get a decent drone at the uh, the Target store for uh, two hundred and fifty. What are we spending forty million? No, my for? my kids fly drones that are eleven dollars. Yikes! It's I'm amazing how cheap. They're pretty crappy, but they actually fly. I would have loved. I would have been amazed to have something like that as a kid. Unthinkable, really. Yeah. Remote control yeah. drone I can fly around. Cool. Oh, no, please. Now we got them on Mars to keep an eye on the rocks and the sand. Well, to search for signs of something or other 100 million years ago. And if we figure out there was life on Mars, it changes does, everything. Changes that, everything, our entire conception. Okay. How does that hurt my sore knee? That's what I'm wondering. Wow. You just, you, you don't, you don't dare to dream. You do, you know what? To quote the great Paul, I almost said the late great, the great Paula Abdul. You don't dare to dance in the path of greatness. I should start. Bill Maher was on fire Friday night on his show on HBO. One of the reasons I liked what he had to say is he completely agreed with us. <laughs> but we'll play that in hour two of the Armstrong and Getty show on a number of topics. Uh, so stay tuned for that. Let me see if I can squeeze this in the time we have. I, I absolutely love this. Strangely, shockingly, the New York Times has begun covering COVID in a sane and reasonable manner. Okay. At least they're, uh, the guy who prepares the morning news release, David Leonhardt, uh, he, he tells the tale of a federal judge and Yale law professor who invented a little fable that he's been telling law students for more than three decades. He says, um, imagine a god coming forth to offer society a wondrous invention that would improve everyday life in almost every way. It would allow people to spend more time with friends and family, see new places and do jobs they otherwise could not do and make more money, but it would come with a high cost. In exchange for bestowing this invention on society, the god would choose 1,000 young men and women and strike them dead. And then he asks his class, would you take the deal? Almost invariably, the students say no. And then the professor delivers the fable less the fable's lesson. What's the difference between I just 
what I just described in, in the car, the automobile. Mm-hmm. And in truth, of course, automobiles kill about 40,000 people annually, even this in this era of great safety and tires and, and the rest of it. Uh, we accept this toll almost unthinkingly because vehicle crashes have been a part of our lives almost always. We can't fathom a world without them. It's a classic example of human irrationality about risk. We underestimate large chronic dangers and fixate on tiny but salient risks and... One way for a risk to become salient and to get our attention, to over get our attention and make us crazy, is it being new, a novel risk, like the fable the professor was was talking about. And like the coronavirus. Right, exactly. And it makes you do and think things that are indefensible, logically. So some evidence to support that, some more on that in a couple of minutes. Yeah, Not that's to mention Bill Maher and- really interesting. Stay tuned. 